today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. It's the Chiefs Town Hall. Uh, for those of you who are relatively new to the program, we do this, try to do this anyway, once a month. Hamilton Chief of Police will join us. And uh, in a perfect world, but we're back in studio, uh, we'll take your phone calls and emails. But uh, we've only got a limited amount of time today. Uh, and we've got a lot of ground to cover on this. But uh, And we want to get right to it. So uh, to that end, we're pleased to welcome back to the program Hamilton Chief of Police Frank Bergen uh, for the Town Hall. Chief, thank you so much for the time. Great to have you with us again. Uh, thank you very much, Bill. Always look forward to this opportunity and, and also to be included in what you're talking about, an action-packed agenda. So well, thank you very much for having us available. Well, you're kicking it off today, so let's uh, let's get right down to it. Uh, a number of questions. Uh, when we mentioned you were going to be on here, I got a lot of emails from some folks, and I'm going to try to capsize a, a few of these here uh, so that you can comment on these. Uh, one, of course, has to do with a, a trial that just wrapped up earlier this week, and, of course, uh, we know now, of course, that uh, two ex-paramedics uh, have been uh, found guilty, of course, in the, the death of Yosef Al-Hasnawi. Uh, in uh, Justice Errol's uh, comments uh, when passing judgment and sent, uh, on that, though, Chief, as you know, uh, he had some rather harsh words for uh, members of your department as well for the way that, that they conducted themselves through the course of that evening. Uh, has there been or will there be any internal investigations into the conduct of your officers at that night? Thank you, Bill, for an opportunity just to make sure that people understand. Uh, in uh, March of 2018, uh, we were advised that the OIPRD, the Office of the Independent Police Review Directorate, uh, would be um, following up on a complaint they received. Uh, during the trial, uh, we were further advised that it would be held in abeyance until the conclusion. Uh, once that had uh, occurred, uh, we've been advised that it's back on track. So at this particular time, the oversight um, of the uh, Independent Review Directorate has carriage of that investigation. Uh, so we are not conducting an uh, investigation in parallel at this time. With that ongoing, though, does that preclude you from doing an internal investigation if you so desired? It's not a matter about precluding, and the reality is at this particular point, um, you may be aware that the SIU had also um, had invoked in the sense of what had come out of the public conversations. Uh, the officer's conduct was reviewed and it had not met the threshold of the SIU, uh, but it also would be um, an error for us to be having an independent review when, in fact, we're following the legislation that speaks about the afforded rights of a complainant uh, to have the independence of a oversight review. Uh, so we will wait that direction and we will participate when called upon to do so. Uh, we should mention, for the listeners who may not be aware, I guess it was former Chief Eric Gerd at the time, uh, we're told, uh, the reporting I saw anyway, it suggested he didn't think an internal investigation uh, was needed at that time, but uh, we've found out a lot more about that since then. So uh, we'll wait to see how that process unfolds. Uh, the other uh, court case uh, had to do with a, a ruling by Justice Gage, who basically uh, threw out the charges against uh, some people, uh, basically because, uh, according to the uh, the Justice, uh, your officers uh, were guilty of racial profiling uh, of, uh, well, as a result of that, of course, and, and the arrest itself, a number of things that uh, they thought were going to go through in the trial were tossed out. Uh, again, it comes down to, to I guess, the officer's judgment and uh, the officer's actions on that particular night. Uh, how, as chief, do you respond to a, a situation like that? And, and do you look into the internal investigation and the events of what happened that particular evening and their conduct? 
Absolutely, Bill. And it's actually very similar to what you had just asked about the Al Hasnawi um, uh, verdict. Uh, those, those actions and those um, depictions of the officer's actions are absolutely uh, open for review. Uh, that is our opportunity to look at training, uh, to look at our ability. In this particular case, um, the, the Justice Gage had a very comprehensive um, finding. I, I've read everything. I've been have fortunate to have been able to speak to our command officers, uh, our diversity, inclusion, and internal support uh, network, also to understand the impact of this decision on our own members on our own diversity within our own community. Uh, the other um, important person at the table is our Crown's office, and we've been speaking to our Crown's office. In, in the decision, um, the Justice had, had relied on a Court of Appeal decision that actually had a conversation about conscious and unconscious bias, and, and they talked about the inference which is drawn from circumstantial evidence. Uh, Justice Gage clearly had, had articulated that, that this was an arbitrary detention um, and it was a charter argument. That charter argument, though, ultimately uh, excluded the evidence of the loaded firearm and the fentanyl. So absolutely, this is our opportunity to be looking at this judgment line by line, be looking at opportunities to better train our members and as the Chief of Police, because you asked me, uh, I'm, I believe it's incumbent on us to do our professional duty at all times. The one thing I also learned very early on in my tenure, just being here now uh, in this role for the last month, is, is a missed opportunity that when asked that question about my initial response to racial profiling in this case, uh, that was a missed opportunity and I was caught flat-footed because I relied on, on a statement, I relied on language, as opposed to truly what I'm more comfortable with, let's have a conversation about that. Let's speak to our members. I have spoken to the four officers involved. I've heard the impact this ruling has on them. They will participate with our internal um, DI and, and ISN team working on the impacts of our actions. And also, it also gives me the opportunity to fulfill one of my goals. And one of my goals is also to establish a working committee with our community. What better opportunity had we had in fact had a, a true community consultation process put in place so that I could uh, lean on it and take direction and advice from our community about the impacts of policing when impacts of policing uh, can be messy. And I, I think this would be a great opportunity that we can have those conversations. And I assure you as Chief of Police, I will start that process. Chief, the phrase you used a couple of seconds ago, unconscious bias, was another phrase, by the way, that was used uh, uh, extensively, I guess, in the in the Alsa Hasnawi uh, situation, and, and again with the, uh, the the charges being uh, thrown out against these men as well. Uh, if in fact that's the predominant thinking that that was what was at at play here, is that a weakness in the training, or is it a, tr a weakness in the execution of the officer's duty that night? A weakness is a, is a word, um, Bill, that I don't know if I will label it, but it's the reality of us understanding. Uh, such an important line within Justice Gage's um, actual ruling, uh, it's line 115. The events that followed constituted what I would characterize as an instinctual hunch that criminal activity might be afoot. 
in search of a Highway Traffic Act justification. And, and to that point, um, it, it is this nuance of, of again, uh, the unconscious trigger. Uh, is it a police hunch? Is it, a, is it an investigative hunch? Is it a bias? And, and those conversations working with our EDI consultant, our, our specialist brought in, uh, working with the fact that we have to eliminate unconscious bias by talking about it, by recognizing or by seeing it when it actually is delivered. So does that mean there's going to be a reevaluation of the training process? Absolutely, and, and it's not a matter of blowing up training, but what it is is to take the findings from this important ruling to understand can we uh, teach in this matter uh, how we identified the car. Uh, Justice Gage spoke about a 2013 BMW shiny on Barton Street is not in itself enough to be pulled over. The reality is of the detention when they in fact weren't afforded their rights to call a lawyer. The search the cumbersome breakdown of the search from level one, two, and three, uh, and then finding the articles. So once those things are actually uh, circumstantially reviewed and those inferences on top of what may or may not be an unconscious bias, it's clear that the charter argument was fulfilled and it was considered arbitrary. So is, is, what, in what form is, is this going to be going forward now? Is there going to be an official investigation? I know you've, you mentioned you've talked to the officers themselves about that. Uh, are you comfortable with their explanation as to what happened that night? There'll be further conversations with our professional development team, and they will then be looking at opportunities during officer training. Uh, we do block training where officers, uh, you know, four days a, a year are doing use of force training. In those scenarios, in those conversations, uh, I want to make sure that our investigative team is sitting around. I want to make sure our sergeants, our staff sergeants, understand what is articulable cause and having that ability to do it. Our EDI specialist is also reviewing the line-by-line determination. The Court of Appeal was quick to um, um, define what is conscious and unconscious. We have to look at policy, procedure, training, as well as every opportunity to do better. Uh, I, well, I'd let that go because I've only got a couple of minutes left here, and there's a couple of other things I wanted to do and, there's, uh, and, and topics I wanted to cover on this, Chief. I appreciate your time today. Uh, the other has to do with uh, the news we got this week, of course, that uh, Hamilton Pride has uh, now filed a complaint with the Human Rights Tribunal against uh, Hamilton Police Services and the City of Hamilton. This has to do, of course, with the uh, the issues that occurred back in uh, June of 2019 uh, at Gage Park and uh, some of the subsequent issues as well. Uh, and I know that's an ongoing investigation, and I know you can't directly comment on that, You've told us that in the past. But I, I'm, I'm looking at the collective here, uh, if you could, Chief, about the three topics we're just talking about here. Uh, and I know that the day that you accepted the job and were sworn in as Chief of Police, you talked about building bridges and communication. Uh, this, these are three strikes against that, that very policy right now where it's, it's going to make it exceedingly more difficult for you and your staff uh, to build those bridges when there's a number of people in this community right now that feel as if there is no bridge between police, there is no communication between police and the community. How do you address that? Yeah, I understand the three strikes, and I understand that's difficult, and I'm not even going to get a standing a double on that. But in the middle of difficulty lies opportunity. In, in these opportunities, and specifically with the LGBTQ community, uh, as you know, we had gone to the advisory committee seeking uh, direction and assistance uh, in order to set, establish a committee or an advisory table. Um, I've also, in my first two weeks of office as chief, uh, I have, in fact, assigned Sergeant Moran full-time in the role of 
the Two-Spirit and LGBTQIA plus liaison officer. Uh, we were criticized that, in fact, uh, having worked in investigation CID and then in patrol, that it was not a job that you could do on the side of the desk. It's that commitment to be working with our communities to expand our opportunities of liaison, and, and that's the type of things that will uh, meet the 38 recommendations of Scott Bergman and, and allowing us to build that trust and, and demonstrate to our community that we are available. Uh, I've never missed an opportunity to be available um, to the LGBTQ community and that will not stop. As I said earlier, um, I did miss an opportunity to speak about racial profiling right at the face of it and, and relied on a statement. That will not occur again. I am available. I am transparent. We will be actively accountable to our community and moving forward I hope to have those opportunities to demonstrate that time and time again. Finally Chief, uh, the, the terrible tragedy that occurred in London, Ontario of course last Sunday evening uh, and the, the, the tragic death of that, that family, uh, I know it's touched the hearts of all of us, uh, I know it's had an impact on police services right across the country, they're concerned about that and that's an ongoing investigation. Uh, there have been calls from some political leaders though uh, about investigations into hate crimes and, and our police services across the country doing enough. How does, uh, and, and we've had, as you know uh, from your time here at Hamilton as Deputy Chief and now as Chief, uh, a number of incidents of hate crimes that uh, that have been very troubling. Uh, how does police service deal with that? I mean, what, how how do you deal with not just reacting and responding to uh, accusations of that, but to be proactive to to try to do something within the community to try to 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 mitigate the impact? Bill, thank you. Uh, first of all, our deepest condolences to the family, the Muslim community, the City of London, and those who are impacted by that senseless death of four innocent victims. With regards to hate, and, and I've spoke about this on your program, and we will continue uh, to um, focus on um, um, mitigating the hate within our communities. As you know, we, we have just released our stats for 2020. Uh, in uh, 2020, we also established an online portal so that members who were not comfortable speaking of hate have the ability to do that. We received 108 online reports. Unfortunately, only 22 of them actually met the criteria to move forward upon a review. But one thing I'm also um, hoping to establish, and we are working with the Hamilton Anti-Racism Committee, uh, we are reaching out to our partners. We've recently um, written a letter of support to the federal government to provide funding in order to uh, manage hate, certainly within our, our city. I'm also looking at establishing, and I'm working right now with our investigative services, with Fab Mendes, our hate crime coordinator, with Jazz Dillon, our community relations coordinator. I'm hoping to establishing a similar table of review, much like we did with sexual assaults in 2013 when, when we were faced with um, questions of unfounded sexual assaults. If we can do that same approach where our community, members of HCCI, of HARC, uh, our, our, our Emil Joseph, a professor who understands the social impacts of this, sitting around a table with our Crown's office, our investigators, to have that conversation about this is an incident, this is a criminal response, and add on top of those those community consultation committees that I want so that you can have those conversations face-to-face -to, -face to make sure that we can make this a safe, comfortable, welcoming environment for everybody in the city of Hamilton. Uh, Hamilton Chief of Police, Frank Bergen, I, as I said at the beginning of the, the segment here, the, uh, ordinarily this would be a one-hour segment. We could do some phone calls and emails uh, back in studio. I'm hoping that's going to happen sooner than later, Chief, but I really do appreciate you jumping on today uh, to address these issues. Thanks again.
Thank you very much, Bill, and I absolutely thank you as well because this gives me an opportunity to define what my vision is as Chief of Police of this city for the next five years, and I look forward to doing that alongside you, Bill. Thank you. Thanks so much. Uh, Hamilton Chief of Police, Frank Bergen. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.